And then I told that bitch that she should just take away my laundry. That's I don't fucked care. Up. I don't believe oh, that yeah. shit. Yeah. Oh, Chris. Hey there. How you doing? Oh, my bad. Uh, it's okay. Uh, I forgot to tell you we were. Okay. Yes, we're back. We are meeting all of you right down in the man cave. That's right, man cave, episode number four. Of course, my name is, I'm not going to give my last name anymore because I believe in privacy, Scott K. And the man to, according to my computer, to my right, C- take it away. C-Web. Wow, this is a mystery. S, wait a minute, Scott K. <laughs> Beep. This is a mystery. <laughs> Special K, K and Chris Kringle Webb. So I'll go yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! Okay. Well, I'm yeah. Anyways, we're back, episode four, and it's kind of a. Uh, we ended episode three, and I had to bring up a difficult, but really, whew, maybe it's not that difficult. We got to think more about. So, in other words, I'm going to go ahead and start it off. I already talked to Chris a little bit about it. And he said, "You know what? You go, then I'll go after you." So I'm going to go back to 1987 when I was 17 years old, cruising around in my piece of shit Plymouth Horizon <laughs> that probably burnt more oil than it did gas, a little four-speed or five-speed, hell, I can't remember, cruising around in that car with my friends and cassettes, yes, cassettes that I would listen to oh, on that. Uh, and I got to thinking about it more. And it wasn't necessarily albums that came out in 1987, but they were cassettes, I should rephrase that again, that I was listening to quite a bit around that year. Because in episode three, if you haven't watched it yet or listened to it yet on your favorite podcasting channel, you know. Go watch now. Yeah, go watch. Because they're free right now. <laughs> Pretty soon you'll have to be a, one of our members on Patreon. But you could listen to free always. But anyways... I told Chris, I said, I think I lost my train of thought, but I was uh, saying these were like songs or albums that I was listening to a lot. And my friends were as well. And with the mullet too. So you have to picture as you're listening to us, if you're not seeing us, picture me actually Scott with hair on the top. Yeah, believe it or not, I had hair on top at one time and the back, a mullet. And they weren't even called mullets back then. I remember listening to... This is my, f- I'm not, it's not necessarily in order, but I'm just going to go ahead and say my number one, a band called The Outfield. Actually, their first big album was Play Deep was, they had so many good songs on that album that I would listen to constantly. And it's funny because when I, if I hear like their greatest hits now, the majority of the big songs are on the greatest hits were from their first album. And sadly, um, the lead singer for The Outfield he had passed away like two days after Edward Van Halen passed away. And I was like, damn, I just can't win for nothing right now. 2020 was a shitty year for the whole world. And 2020 around in October was, you know, I was supposed to celebrate October 4th because it's my son's birthday. And two days later, boom, and then another two days. But yeah, I, I love the outfield big time. I was always listening to the outfield. I'm glad I had a chance to see them in concert actually in locally at a bar 
<laughs> and I was, Chris, I don't know if, about you, but have you ever like gone to concerts and, and they weren't necessarily at a big venue and you were there to enjoy the band, but yet the majority of the people that were there weren't really there to enjoy the band and they're just standing in front of you and you're like, like they're talking and you're really having a good time minding their own business, but I'm trying to enjoy the band. Why don't you get out of my damn way so I can enjoy the band? 100%. Yeah, they're there for one song, and that's it. And the outfield definitely had their one song to this very day that's still played, you know, All My Love. And I, you know, I can't, I'll I'll do, you know, me, if you guys are used to watching my videos, I always put some effects on the screen, but I'll definitely make sure that I share that as I do my top five here in 87 that I listen to. But they aren't necessarily albums that were released in 1987. So I'll tell you what, maybe that, uh, uh, Chris, I can, yeah, let's kind of go back and forth here. Back and forth, so I shared, okay. Yeah, so I, I shared one that was very personal to me, one that I never got tired of, and here it is, well, being 53 now, yeah. I still love, still love the outfield. That was definitely a, a, a cassette that I listened to. So, Chris, it's your tune. Your tune? It's my tune. It's my tune now. Yeah. Sponsored <laughs> by James. <laughs> uh, I think I'm going to surprise you with this one, but, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm very big on, like, uh, traditional uh, hip-hop rap. Um, I grew up with it. I mean, growing up in Hebrew Heights, going to school at, at Wayne, you were either. Where's Huber Heights? Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> four five four two four. Oh. <laughs> Anyways, I mean, you were either pretty much you sold drugs or you were in a gang. That was like the only way to survive in high school. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but what year would you say this? That you yours because like episode three, you really hit it on the nail of describing how music is to you. And I think a lot of us feel the same way. So about what year is this? Maybe you already mentioned it. I don't know. But if not, sorry, I interrupted you. Could you at least share that again? Yeah, uh, sorry. I'm, I'm going to keep it um, around the 2000 to 2005 era. That's a good one. There. Okay. Because that was really the like the lowest kind of point in my life right there. It was uh, okay. it was where music really spoke to me the most. It's it's always spoke to me, but it was like that was what I latched onto the most. That and uh, that and dogs. <laughs> I mean, if we're being honest, I mean they were my best friends. But DMX, it's dark and hell is hot. It's definitely my number one. What that man said in that album and just everything that he went through in his life, and you know how they always say your first albums is like your first album is what you are about because you spent your whole life writing that album essentially you know what i mean you lived your life and and then, and then they they write their songs constantly until they actually record their album and then and then it's and then it's out there after that you know it's a follow up it's a sequel it's whether they can keep the momentum going or whatever but that first album like he encapsulated so many things that that's definitely my number one um dmx was a huge influence in my life i didn't really have a a father figure per se so if you were to walk into my room at at those ages like he was like plastered all over my walls like he was like my male 
figure for masculinity, like what I wanted to be when I grow up type issue. So I pretty much lived and breathed DMX at that point. I've heard of DMX. I'm not completely, you know, blind to that. Could you, that way it'll help me out. Uh, you know, if anything, just being educated, anybody else there's possibly my age as well. Okay. Uh, listening it through your, you know, through, through your memories. Is there, it, like, let's say the t- a song, a very popular song from DMX that I would say that most people would know. Oh, God. I mean, there's quite a bit. Or if there's two or three, whatever. Would it, would, so a song off the album? Yeah, let, let's say for an example, it was like, oh, sorry. I was laid in bed. I was just relaxing there. Um, <laughs> like, say if, if you were going to a club. And that would be a popular, because oh. hell, I used to DJ, I, I remember. But yeah, what would be like a, a popular DMX songs that would get the you know, women off the, you know, on the dance floor? You know what I mean? Yeah, a, po- a popular DMX song would be like a riot. <laughs> it wouldn't be like getting girls off the floor. Like he was just the, like, the masculine, just over the top. I mean, whenever he raps, I mean, he, he growls. He's He calls himself the dog. Like that's just that's just his whole persona and everything he raps about. I mean, I for me, rap is like poetry, honestly. I mean, you may not be into the music or whatever like that, but if you take away the the, the music part of it, if you're not into that, and look at the words, like you can break them down, and they are like truly heartfelt in most situations there are people that have been at their rock bottom and they've come come out of that i feel like this is a good time what you're describing there it makes me think back from possibly individuals that he looked up to uh i want to say because i'm thinking back to like the late 80s oh god uh public enemy um and uh ah damn it i I see i'm bad at names with this genre because i i can remember uh, I think was. I feel so, bad because I'm asking questions and I and I can't. I'm trying to think of like names of of like there was like a four or five of them that were together like in a in a as a, I won't necessarily a band but a group back in the late '80s. NWA. Oh, there, thank you, thank you for saving me there. Um, I could see. I could they, see that they had a voice. They obviously spoke a lot about what they were going or their their rat. They were, but what they were going through through their times. Obviously, in an L.A. Compton and all that. Yeah, you know, fresh out of Compton. You know, they're talking about the, what they were going through. Does that kind of relate to what he? You know, what you're describing with DMX. He uh, wrote what he was. You know, he was he was uh, left by his mother. When he was uh, six years old in a foster home, he grew up in a foster home. Um, his dad took off, of course, like when he was born. Like he's been in and out of jails. The only friends he ever had was dogs. Like just everything, everything he was ever saying was just always hit home with me. It was like, damn, this guy, <laughs> he's already been there and he's like trying to tell me how to get through it type situation. And that was one particular, we'll say CD. Yeah, that yeah, it was CD. CDs. Were, yeah, because we didn't really have streaming then. That came out in '98. Nine, yeah, so CD. That was definitely a CD that you probably, or maybe more. You had at least, we'll just say one particular album of his that you probably had. Like I could say, I can't say how many fair warning albums I've had. 
Oh, I... <laughs> of any, you know what I mean? <laughs> the I, album, the cassette, yeah. CDs. Okay, but, but, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I probably have... I probably have 10 copies of that album. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, everything from the, from the, the title of it to, uh, yeah, with that bulky camera, you're going to have to, <laughs> Yeah, it's got to go way back. But I mean, you look at it immediately and it's like that album's from hell. <laughs> I understand. Unfortunately, he had passed away recently. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. Sorry to hear about that, man. I know I know how that feels, trust me. That was a bad I mean we have, yeah, we all have a lot of loved ones that 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 a party is never the same. Yeah. Even when it's someone that you admire from afar like that. So trust me, I do. I don't know. Yep, but that's 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 well, definitely my number one. Um that's I modeled a lot of my life off of you're more welcome to uh, continue if you want to, or or I could share another one. Yeah, if yeah. You feel, no, we're if up. You, if it's flowing, if it's flowing, go with it. No, we'll just keep keep go, keep it going. Number two. I found a way not to interrupt. I lean back and listen. <laughs> uh, but then she I still could teach interrupt. my wife that. <laughs> but I still interrupt. It's just I, when I listen to what you talk about, I can't help but have questions, and I don't want to. I'm like a goldfish. I forget what what I'm going to ask 30 seconds later. And so I'm going to stick with my 87 vibe because there's just a time in my life that I'm not going to go into it because it could go blah, 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 and it'll put people to sleep. Here's a, This is a band definitely from the 80s, and they were extremely underrated. So it's like I'm starting off with bands I always that I feel like were underrated, the outfield. And this is another one. Um, Honeymoon Suite. I... Absolutely loved a band called, and they, I guess they still, um, they're a British. It's funny because the Outfield's a, a band from the UK, and I believe so is Honeymoon Suite. And they actually had a hit. Uh, I got a new girl now, and she's a lot like you. But then they had this album called The Big Prize. And I just, oh, God, from the first song to the last song, I just, just like the Outfield, I would play the whole entire you got to think about cassettes. They get worn down and they get worn down. And that's what I, yeah. it's so funny. I got frustrated with it then, but today, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, everybody either has Spotify or Apple or probably, uh, oh God, I can't think of the others. You know, for your Amazon, for your, or YouTube, for your music streaming service. Which, by the way, you can listen to our podcast on those streaming services. <laughs> Shameless plug. Um, <laughs> But I kind of miss that physical, even though the quality wasn't as good, but it's just, it's the, the experience and the memories and the times that I had. Yep. But yes, that was another album. And obviously with copyrights, I mean, God, this, this podcast go over because Chris would naturally talk about DMX. So we'd plug, naturally we want to plug DMX music. Naturally I wanted to plug so far the outfield or samples. And then of course, but then to me, well, as, as I, to give credit, talking about um, Honeymoon Suite, they have intros where it's kind of slow and then it builds and it builds and it builds. I've noticed that when I think about it, there was a lot of songs like that back in the day that I just loved that tension of a song that was building and building and building and boom, you know. See, the way you're describing that sounds like, like the cure or something. Yes. I, I'm not going to use, by the way, I'm not going to through Van Halen because I was constantly listening to Van Halen all the time, but I'm trying to think of stuff outside of Van Halen because I get too, I, I have to say Van Halen for its, its own episode. So, but yeah, that would be my other album cassette. 
that I either drove my friends nuts or I never got tired of listening to. <laughs> yeah. Anything else you want to get out about that? Just, just the nostalgia? In fact, I remember that particular Plymouth Horizon when it was totaled. A guy who was drinking and driving passed out behind the wheel on Peter's Pike heading southbound, and he hit it right at the intersection of Peter's or Peter's Pike and Stone Quarry. And at the intersection oh, was a was a uh, Vandalia um, sheriff, uh, chief, fire chief, who witnessed the whole thing. And I remember, I swear, I'm. I feel like I was so upset. Not only was my piece of shit car totaled, but I lost my cassettes that were in that car. And I, that was one of my cassettes. I know oh. I'm pretty damn sure that was in the tape player. And ironically, I hear the song. I feel it again. That's, that's, <laughs> that's unforgivable. Yeah. I have a, I have a, it's just album. I used to keep in my passenger seat of just like physical CDs it's probably over 80, 80 CDs in there. My, my friends used to make fun of me so bad, but I was like, this is my life right here. Like, don't, don't, don't fuck with that. <laughs> Imagine it's a suitcase that has special pockets to hold cassettes. It's one of my favorite bands still to this day. Um, Emery, the, the question. It was their sophomore album. It was their second album. I can recall like sitting on the bathroom floor at one of my childhood houses like just listening to that album thinking like dude <laughs> is this all is this all life has to offer type situation that that album pulled me out of a lot of dark situations a funny thing about it i didn't know until a couple years after that because i stumbled onto their album with their second album but they're a, they're they're a christian band because I kept wondering, why don't they cuss? Why don't they ever cuss? They're a, they're a hard rock emo band. Like if you go to one of their concerts, it's it's a mosh pit. Not to interrupt, but to this very day, there's a Christian rock band that was popular in the well. They were for a short time they were popular, called Striper, and they're out they're out to this, they're out still to this day. It always baffled me, man. I was like. And then I didn't discover until after, like, hey, man, they're a Christian band. They're they're. A God fearing band. They they're they're speaking from and they made such a kind it's not a dark album, but it's just such a heartfelt album. They talked about so much real experiences and just I mean, everything from abortion to adoption to just human aspect I think they've touched on in that album that it just it was a big one for me. You don't hear too much about that, those subjects. I know. To practically any bands, you know. No, I think about it. No, you never do. They have several songs. They have one, one album, which is much later. It's not in my list, of course, because it's much later. But <clears throat> they wrote the entire album based upon um, the, like a personal a POV of Jesus Christ. Like every song on the album is about what he went through from the from birth to, you know, crucifixion and carrying your own cross type situation, which I just think is fascinating. But for an, for a band to do that is kind of especially a hard rock like <laughs> emo band. I'm talking they they jump into the crowd. It's mosh pits. Like they're just it's such a crazy dynamic for me. But I'm getting off topic there. 
that's just no that's number two for me i don't mean to remind you this but there's no such thing when it comes to music that you that touches you that 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 it's who you are so I just I firmly don't believe in the right or wrong when it comes to music when it's your music you know what I mean mm-hmm. it's your life it's what's it, it's what makes you so how could that be wrong you know what I mean yeah unless it made you a heroin addict then I'm like you know maybe you should find a new group to listen to <laughs> um, but I, I won't go there because I don't uh. <laughs> that's, a, that's a that's a dark subject for for someone else, I hope not me. Bad, I'll bad be for Ohio too. That's a bad subject. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is probably why I miss the good old days because I'm thankful as hell for my time during. I'm, I'm going to use 1987. I was probably a hell of a lot more wealthier then than I will ever be, just because I was rich in friends. I was rich in. Being spoiled by my friends, I was rich in the comfort. I was very lucky then, and I should be, and I am thankful to this day. And that's probably why I live in the past too much. It just makes me think of um, <laughs> uh, good old living color. Oh God, cult of personality. Really, yes, that was a very song. Oh God, yes. <laughs> I think that was in '87. I could be wrong, but I just, I, I can't, autom- I automatically think of listening to that band and oh my God, were they talented. Every member of that band, uh, and I cannot, I used to know every single member's name and all that, but it's like, I felt like they could have blown anybody off the stage. Wow. From the, le- from the lyricist to the guitar to the drum to the bassist, they were just so extremely talented. And, uh, I just, I can remember, oh my God, just getting, I, I, this is a part that I haven't shared about music that I don't do now that I used to do when I was a teenager. I would literally put headsets on, listen to music and get lost in world and just draw all the time. Oh, And when I, I would listen to those, those particular albums, especially Van Halen. And I would just, I, okay, let's say I was going to draw Michael Myers, yeah, but I didn't have draw on the beast. My intentions would be that, and it ended up going somewhere else because I was inspired by the music that I was listening to. And that's the connection that I have with music. See, for Um, me, it was writing. I I used to write. But I I totally identify with what you're saying right there. Wow. That's very... We'll have to to share that down the road, too. Something we did not know, world. Chris is a writer. Is it... uh, I I like poems. Just I start naturally people that watch this that are like, oh well, I can't wait to do horror stuff, and we will, we will, we will talk about horror stuff. I give it say, Chris needs to write us a new Halloween. Here, latex, latex, latex. That's what we'll say. Chris, could you make your poem at least an hour and a half long? <laughs> I wrote a poem. I wrote a poem about Michael Myers. Let me tell you. <laughs> there you go. There's a chat because who's done that yet? <laughs> the darkest eyes. So there you go. My. Uh, Yes, the outfield. <laughs> so all of a sudden I forgot. Yeah, Living Color. Living Color. And of course, Honeymoon Suite. Those are three upbeat, head banging, balls to the wall. Well, the outfield wasn't like that. Really, the Honeymoon Suite wasn't. They were your typical 80 bands. Living Color was a little bit more, you know. Right. 
little punk, uh, uh, punk, yeah, I'd say they're rock and roll, punk, R&B, and uh, blues. So can't go wrong with blues. Yeah. I'm going to leave you, Chris, to your next one, and I'm not going to be ignoring you because I'll be listening to it as I'm editing the video. But as you can see, my Heineken Silver is gone. That is no good. Where's yeah. your Where's so your, where's your second fist? My Jameson. Oh shit, that's gone too. Wow. When I shut up and listen to you, <laughs> it's gonna be a It's gonna be a long night. <laughs> yeah. And I get to cut to where it's all you while I'm drinking. So, uh, uh, like I said, I'm not going to. No, nope, you're good. Go. I'm not ignoring you. I'll be listening to the edits. Sure, I sure. just want to get another beer. Alone again. Definitely number three. Uh, I'm kind of jumping forward a little bit just because it means so much to me, but the album came out in 2005. That's going to be City in Color sometimes. I'm not sure if anybody's familiar with, you know, Dallas Green. He's still performing to this day, but just such a phenomenal artist. Such a, I mean, he gets a, a lot of flack for being a, an asshole, but he writes some of the most meaningful songs that's just possible for me. Um, Canadian artist, but super. You, know, you ever notice how, like, the biggest assholes write the most meaningful songs? You ever notice that, Scott? The biggest assholes write the meaning. Well, I mean, in my experience, I, I have witnessed so many. Not that they're like, they're just so sick of like human nature, but they you write know, about saving it type situation. In the nineties, as we all know, the grunge was very popular and it was a lot about the, uh, I want to say more darkness started coming because the eighties I've just describing, you know, you know, for a good time. And then all of a sudden. Which I talked to you earlier about Nirvana, Nirvana. and I can't put any. Oh God, I miss Nirvana. But uh, we started getting into more of the uh, Seattle, uh, yeah, the, yeah, the 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 grunge, the the, uh, the emo, the oh man. But there were some great, great. Oh yeah, we gotta have like a '90s air or something. I don't know. And I'm. Uh, I mean, that's funny. But one of the guys I just brought up, which is I'm, now that you're back, um, City in Color. Sometimes is my number three. He's a Canadian artist. I feel terrible because these this last two, I have no idea who they are. But you know, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. But he's in in real life. I mean, he's just he's a no nonsense. He's just don't don't mess with me. Just type situation. But he writes the most beautiful songs about trying to like you know human nature and trying to save people and things like that. He, do, he wants to be known for his music, not necessarily bothered in person type situation. That's what I meant by the, the asshole that write the most meaningful songs. It's so funny. I, it, not that he, Joe Walsh was ever known, but when Joe Walsh was uh, through his partying years, he could write some really good songs. <laughs> his experiences as, oh, Mr. Joe Walsh, something else right there, that's for sure. <laughs> I had a chance to see him in concert. Uh, oh, wow. Interesting. Very interesting here. I was going somewhere uh, with that, though. Where was I going? 
I don't know. Uh, I, I don't want to interrupt you, but if you were still... F- uh, I got off about- on another topic. Um, shit. Oh, okay. Can you, it's okay. Can you, can you rewind that? Yeah, oh. sure. <laughs> let me uh, let me hit the R button on the cassette switch there. <laughs> <I'm just messing. laughs> yeah, that's my number three. City in color. Um, Dallas Green is what he goes by, which the city Dallas in color green. It's his name. Huh. Not, not not too credi- incredibly original, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it, it, for some reason, and I'm I'm thinking back to your 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 topic was basically in the beginning. You said it was more of a of a, a you know rap, but when I hear that, I'm thinking it sounds like a country artist name almost. I don't know why. Dallas, Wait, no, City Green. That he's not. He doesn't rap at all. Oh, okay. He's he's okay. He's more like a folk, um, alternative okay. country type. Yeah, yeah I mean, oh, you know what? His his sets used to be just him and a guitar. That's it. No, this wasn't eighty seven. This was a couple. This was nineteen ninety. Never mind. I'm gonna go back to. <laughs> Maybe that'll share way too much information. Yeah, why? What the hell? Not this is this is another. Uh, We're way far gone time. then. <laughs> this is this is back to eighty seven to where I was definitely being. Irresponsible. I was way too rich in my friends. I was, I basically, I partied a lot. I didn't care much about, I cared about having a good time. I cared about every weekend being four days long. I cared about oh, yeah. just making life the best. So, so that would take me to an album that I listened to a lot was from the cars. Hey, the your cars. Yeah, I don't know how many of you now of an era of, or actually, technically, anybody that's in their thirties and let's say forties. Fast Times at Ridgemont High uh-huh. would take a scene, a very popular scene for guys. <laughs> okay, and you got yeah. that. There's a soundtrack <laughs> one right there. Yeah, that's that's iconic. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. Well, that whole entire album is iconic for me because of the times that I was having. I could, I was living in Vandalia at the time, and I was. <laughs> I had you a had bad a influence. From, uh, I had. <laughs> let's put this way: I can remember being in a buddy's basement, listening to that album a lot, playing pool. Having too many of these that started with the B, that ended with an R, doing something else that I'm not going to share, and basically our advice was kind of like in Ridgemont High, you know, with Sean Penn's kind of like you know character, you know, hey dude, let's yep. party. Hell yeah! I was like this most of the time with my eyes in the '80s, <laughs> and basically the advice I got while listening to the album. And then going to the car, like I'm going to finish listening to it on the cassette, because the whole album is just it just it's kind of like Pink Floyd in a way to me, but more upbeat. Okay, if the speed limit's 25, just drive 20, because you're not going to hit it that hard. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much how I. That was my philosophy back then. <laughs> so, kids, 
what I'm talking about right now, I do not advise you do it. Yes, I'm laughing about it now. Yes, they were good times, but do Ear, not. Earplugs. Earplugs. <laughs> yes, exactly. Do not do what I did. Now, learn from my... Because I could have taken one wrong turn and ruined everything. Ruined everything. I got very lucky. Very lucky. That's why I'm fat and miserable now. I'm paying the price for all those good times. You know what? I mean, at those ages, though, you're invincible. It's just, it's not a, it's not even a thought, you know? Yeah. You really test the limits on everything. I find stuff that I do in my everyday life now that, I mean, it makes me nervous. But when I started my job, I used to not think about it at all. Now, now I get up on top of a roof and I'm like, ah, I could, I could fall and die. <laughs> you know, right. you don't, you don't think about things the same. Yeah, I start having a. Uh, I, I notice I have more difficulties with that. Uh, I have vertigo issues with it. So that's crazy. Yeah. It blows my mind every time. Uh, I don't know how you do it. I really don't. Right. Well, I'm gonna have one more, and it is my my last one. I am saving it for an actual band that I've already mentioned. So, yeah, my number four is definitely Dashboard Confessional. Um, the places you have come to fear the most. His name's Chris Caraba, but dude, I, I mean, that the title of that album was just perfect because he had so many different fears. It placed in one album that he just you know it was it was about like he was basically telling everybody to just confront your own fears like just get over them type situation and you know that was that was big for me um at that point i think it released in 99 i'd have to check that to make sure but in the interest of time that's my number four so far no britney spears for us <laughs> You haven't seen my number five. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't have Britney Spears in 87. Okay. I have to do this album because it was, oh my God, was it played so much through VH, through a concert. I was just, oh, uh, 1987. I, I, cause now it's, it's, I'm thinking about playing the, the, the VHS concert. Why mm -hmm. without a bet? But that's not the album I'm referring to. It was just a concert. Now I have it on DVD. It's supposed to be whatever. Um, thinking of the, the format of the audio. But 1986, for us true Van Halen fans, was a big year because that's when we had Sammy Hagar. And I love Dave Lee Roth of Van Halen, but I'm a Van Halen fan. I don't, I don't do the, are you know, are you a Van Hagar or are you, no, no, no. I'm a Van Halen fan. Right. I mean, I, I, I like Gary Sharon and I, I, I could go on Van Halen three. That album was underrated, but 5150. Well, that yeah. was an album for me to this day. And I, I mean, I started thinking about other albums on special places in my heart for it. But 1987, oh my God, that Summer Nights describes my life. Summer Nights, I remember back when I was really on Facebook, I had somebody giving me, 
crap about 5150 because they're confusing with obviously what it's a police code for someone who's crazy flipped out you know and of course gang a gang member uses their 5150 as their like i don't care 5150 to me is edward van halen's studio which is now obviously wolfgang's studio but that album yeah basically is a signature of my soul from that time and when they had a live concert oh my god God, I think I drove my parents nuts. I drove my old friend David nuts. I was watching every Frank Van Halen playing live and watching him play live. It's one thing to listen to that man play guitar on recorded studios, and it just oh, it's like if I think back back no, to the future with oh, I, I couldn't could imagine. I can go on and on and on and on and on and on. I mean, I don't have a lot of tattoos, but I'm proud to say on my left arm I got a VH right there, and. um yeah, 1986. Yeah, I just right now I got uh, "Summer Nights" popping in my head, and then of course 50, the song. My favorite is still 5150, the song, because I, I think of the con him playing live and all that, and I, I miss seeing. Uh, no, I, I, now I'm going down the rabbit hole about certain ways how songs were recorded and how they were performed, and, uh, and then I start thinking about other songs. That, yeah, I need to shut up. But anyways. 1986 was that album released, so 1987. God, I wish I still had that T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, I, I'm thankful that I have the photo of me wearing that T-shirt where we're up in Lake Erie, and I'm flipping the camera, or so whoever taking the camera picture at the time. So, yeah, you know, guys, guys like that are iconic, man. It's like I can't – I was saying I, – I interrupted you a little bit, but it's like I can't imagine, like, seeing that live. I've seen I think Van I was four, but I've it's like, him. I can't imagine that. I've seen him in concert 13 times. See, that's crazy, man. David Lee Roth, Sammy Hagar, Gary Sharon, all three of them. And I was there to see the band, but I was fixated on one person most of the time, though. Let me do my elephant for you, okay? Here's my horse. Whoa, it's bigger. I thought you was male. The reality of it is, people that are used to seeing me on YouTube, they see the horror stuff, but really throughout the house, I probably have my Van Halen. They're catching the Van Halen? <laughs> yeah. In other words, even my bracelet is actually that I have right, it's actually right. EVH bracelet. So, but yeah, that's my 1987 uh, spoiled ass teenager that was careless party music. That's memories. I think of Kings Island when I hear uh, when I think of those songs, those albums. Uh, I mean, I didn't I didn't mention YouTube Joshua Tree. Such a great fucking album. Um, God, <laughs> White Snake. Uh, I wasn't really big a hair band. I always thought hair bands copied Van Halen, especially Eddie Van Halen. In a way, I could see that. Uh, I, I, I mean, I was so familiar with. I had two older sisters, so I'm mm -hmm. familiar with all those hair bands. I'm a big Frank all Zappa fan too. Frank Zappa, he's a little bit more, you know. 
But Frank Zappa and Eddie Van Halen were actually, they did some songs that a lot of people didn't know about. That's why Dweezil Zappa is such a huge uh, Van Halen, uh, Edward Van Halen fan. See, I could go on and on and on and I on. I know, that's the problem. Yeah. That's, that's, we'll have an hour long episode here. Oh, dear Lord. But uh, I don't, I don't know how, I don't know the rules on that. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to get, are we going to get wrist slap? I don't know. I don't know. But we're not going to talk about it because this is our secret of what, what source we're using. <laughs> we're still we're still under the radar, right? Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, you got to be All careful. Right. Well, that was your number. What number that's, was it? That's my top. That That's my top. That was, five that was it. Okay. Yeah. So uh, interest of time. I'm not sure how familiar you are with mine, but my number five is uh, Fiona Apple's title. Honestly, DMX and Fiona Apple are the only ones that I know of, but that's okay. okay. There's no, there's no, I, I mentioned more popular, maybe Honeymoon Suite wasn't as popular for a lot, but I mentioned more popular ones, but that doesn't matter. You're talking about you, your life and your experiences. And, and it makes sense because I mean, I'm constantly looking like for unsigned artists, like type situation. That's what I really... I thrive on like I, I I like people when they haven't hit it so like huge yet like the I guy was, that I was uh, telling you about that Zach Zach Bryan yeah yeah he's like my latest guy but dude I was listening to him when he was like playing on on porches with his friends porches and doing YouTube videos and now he's he's sold out at festivals like he's like one of the top country artists in the world we will talk about horror and cars and stuff but music is a big passion and i think i'm going to leave record stores up for episode number oh five my God, that's so big i don't know how you feel about that chris but i think we'll do that in episode oh. five they'll have to go back and listen to the beginning if it's too long because back 15 minutes ago it was a 15 minute shorter <laughs> like my, my, my method there but yeah, all, all, all right. your favorite, all your favorite places to listen to, you know, to, to podcasts and of course YouTube as well. Make sure you subscribe to our new YouTube channel. You can catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And uh, yeah, I think I nailed it on the head there. And folks, that's going to be it for Chris and I. Catch us on episode five as we talk about record stores, CDs, all that stuff. The places where you had to go physically buy your music. Like think of Target where you go buy albums today. 